just a word of caution before we get started. This episode may contain spoilers for a Japanese TV show called Terrace House. Hello and welcome to Deep Dive, a podcast where all we've prepared are beautiful microphones and conversation. There is no script at all. Recently on this podcast, we've covered topics like the Emperor's abdication and the fall of Carlos Ghosn. But this week, I'm joined by Japan Times writers Tom Hannaway and Patrick St. Michel to discuss something a bit more serious Terrace House. It's the Japanese reality TV show that's taken the world by storm. The show first debuted on Fuji Television in Japan in 2012, but was soon picked up by Netflix for its second season, which premiered to a global audience in 2015. Tomorrow, Terrace House returns for its sixth series. But before that happens, we hope to unpick the show a little bit and try to get to the core of what's made it such a success, both here in Japan and also around the world. Um, guys, I'm going to prefix this by saying I've watched approximately three episodes of Terrace House.、Um, I watched them from the opening New Doors series, and I was told off for watching the wrong series. What? We already have opinions.、Uh, see, this is the thing about Terrace House. I don't understand it yet. Uh, it seems to draw such passion from its supporters. I'm going to throw the first question over to you, Tom. What is Terrace House? Terrace House is a reality television show on Netflix. It has three boys and three girls move into a house where they film their interactions. The producers of the show only give them a wonderful house and a wonderful car. And it's a really wonderful house. It's usually pretty wonderful.、Um, and there is no script, allegedly. So basically, it's just like any other reality show you've seen, but very low drama, very Japanese. Um, not that much conflict. And when there is conflict, it's very passive and great to watch. So the show kind of has two parts to it where we see the cast members interact. The point of the show isn't for them to date and fall in love. But at the same time, it is the point of the show.、Um, everyone comes in with a mokyo, like a goal they want to accomplish. So they want to become a ballet dancer, they want to become a rapper, they want to finish medical school. But underneath, a lot of them want to fall in love, they want to meet someone. And they believe Terrace House is the way、is、to do it. The only way to find a man is to literally live with three of them and hope the odds are in your favor. The other side of the show is、um, we see a group of Japanese talento, like、uh, actors, comedians, slash TV personalities that kind of mock and nitpick and joke about every interaction that happens on the show. So, what happens a lot is you'll see people from the show having dinner or doing dishes, talking about something.、Um, and you might see something like someone might flirt a little bit, or there might be an uncomfortable interaction. And then we'll go to the、uh, panel, 
And they'll just break that down and just say, what was that? That was so uncomfortable. That was so weird. By the way, what are they wearing? What is she thinking? They'll just make them, you know, just undress them uh, through this panel. Um, So that's kind of the two parts of the show. We keep going back and forth between the very slow burn of the show and then the fast-paced jokes. And Patrick, how how does the actual format differ from other reality TV shows you may see? Do people get kicked off? Is there a voter or audience voting type mechanism at all? This is one of the biggest differences between Terrace House and what you probably could describe as the American style of reality TV show in that there isn't really any sort of structure to it. As Tom mentioned, it's people going about their day, trying to sort of accomplish their goals, try to date one another and or eventually get away from one another. (laughs) Whereas if you look at American reality TV just over the past three decades, you know, most of the famous shows in America, there's forces that push them forward, whether it's by games to sort of bring people together or give them, I don't know, I remember like with Survivor 1999, it was like you win immunity and you can stay on the island. Tara's house, it's just, are you emotionally stable enough uh, by your own decision to stay in the Terrace house? So there's no. So they're not. They're like not. That. They're not kept there at all. Or no, it's up to them when they want to leave. Basically, and when you watch the show, there's always these scenes where you get usually one or two of the participants talking to one another. These deep life discussions, like, "Oh, what should I do? Uh, do I really want to become an Olympic skateboarder? Time will tell." But. <laughs> And yeah, eventually they come to a point where it's like, you know, I've decided I've grown enough at Terrace House or I've accomplished all I can do here. And they decide, yeah, I'm going to move out. They leave whenever they want. And then a new person just arrives like a couple days later and is thrown into the fray. And who are these people? Who are the ones that make it onto Terrace House? I would say 90% of them are a model or model adjacent. Uh, it's, <laughs> is that a polite way of saying wannabe model? Model uh, adjacent. Yes. <laughs> model adjacent is like, ah, yes, I'm a musician, air quotes, but also I will appear in a glasses ad. And then you get an assortment of other occupations every once in a while. On the latest season, uh, Opening New Doors, one of the most beloved characters was a hockey player. Uh, Captain Tsubasa. <laughs> Fan favorite, Fan as you can favorite. tell. Uh, so that was a good, like, that was a good switch up. And you get, like, um, there was another guy on the last season who was just, like, the son of an airline owner. So you just, like, you just get, like, the 1% also going into Terrace House. If you go in, like, the Wikipedia articles for all these seasons, like, they'll list their careers. And, like, it'll be, like, student, model, 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 singer, model, model. Like, it's just... All of them are models. Like, proportionally speaking, Japan doesn't have, like, 80% of the public is not models. There's other <laughs> occupations in this country, but for some reason, only models tend to come through the door. So, But it is a, it is a very good-looking show from the four episodes I've watched, not just in terms of the candidates, but the actual way it's shot, the framing of it, the color schemes, it's just gorgeous to look at. Yeah, I forgot who tweeted it, but someone I saw someone on Twitter say, like, the cinematography in Terrace House has no right being this good. Like, it's very well done, and it's very... Every shot is, like, very 
um, beautifully angled. There's so many shots of them. I'm sure they have to do multiple takes, but there's so many shots of them walking through the door, like going wherever, and it's just like framed perfectly. Um, and it's really interesting, especially the Tokyo episodes, watching them go to different restaurants or whatever, and just saying like, wow, that looks so beautiful. And then realizing like, oh, I've, I've been there. Like I've walked on the street. It doesn't look that pretty, but here they've made, <laughs> they've dressed it up to make it look so nice. But yeah, just like, even if you're not a fan of, of the show, which you are wrong, but it's still just eye candy, like all around. Right. I mean, this, this entire show and I mean, credit to Netflix and Fuji TV it really is kind of a subtle, almost like cool Japan-ish way of making the country look really great. Uh, whether it is in Tokyo or they go out to like Kawasaki, you just get these shots of the beach that are really fantastic. You go there in the actual summer and it's like, oh, does anyone clean this beach? But no, <laughs> they, in Terrace House, it looks amazing. And it's where ninety percent of the budget actually goes is to Netflix picking up cans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But something to go off that you know how just even pretty a shot of a door frame is is it's kind of a good metaphor for the show's general attitude. Another thing that has helped it connect with international viewers, in particular is it really lacks the interpersonal drama that you expect from every single American reality show. So do do you know Jersey Shore? Uh, I know of it. I can't say. I'm aware of it. I've I've heard heard tales of it. So Jersey Shore is like the opposite of Terrace House in that you take six people who uh, only fight with one another and make them live together. I'm here. I'm I'm having this experience with you guys. You're not having with us. I'm going to be here forever. You want to get your ass beat, you get your ass beat. You can stay, get your No, you got fist fights, you got screaming, you got plates breaking. This is kind of the common way you see reality TV unfold in America. Terrace House, as Tom kind of touched on, at worst, like, you'll get raised voices, but not screaming necessarily. That, to me, has really connected with viewers. Well, in one of the most recent episodes I watched, which was Terrace House, Opening New Doors, season one, episode two. Ooh, made it, I made it as far as episode two in my research. Um, and the dialogue for one of the most dramatic scenes mm. went something like this. <laughs> I wanted a more flavorful hot pot, but they decided to do Mizutaki. And then the girl's friends just had to go, why didn't you complain? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the most like low drama thing I've ever yeah. seen. There's also toward the beginning of opening new doors, like there's a really there's a dramatic quote unquote dramatic scene where uh, a boy and a girl. The girl is a model, of course, and the boy is an aspiring chef. He may have been the one that made that flavorless dish he we were referring to. Did yeah. So they go on a date and they, they it doesn't go well. So they come back home and then. They're all, the whole house, all six of them are like, let's go to the grocery store. And the boy who had the bad date's like, I don't want to go to the grocery store. And they're like, well, why not? And he keeps coming up with excuses of why he doesn't want to go to the grocery store. Like the car's going to get too full, blah, 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 blah. This is a two-part episode about whether or not they're going to go to the grocery store. Like it literally takes two episodes for them to be like, what's wrong? Why won't you go to the grocery store? Like they just take the littlest moments and just like blow it up. And I think that's definitely part of the charm of the show for well, sure. So I was going to ask, what, what about that is enjoyable to you too? Like I'm on the other side of the fence right now. I am not yet convinced that Terrace House is the great 
emancipator of reality TV shows <laughs> that that some claim it to be. But yeah, what is it about the show that grips your attention? Hold can hold you for two episodes while you watch whether people go to a grocery store. Um, I guess for me, it's just. You know, you're always in social situations where you're like, is this actually happening? Like you're trying to have a conversation with someone and, you, you know, you're trying to keep up decorum or you're trying to be polite. But in the back of your mind, you're like, are they just not getting it? Or like, are they not having fun? Or you just see this. And then when you watch the show, you can watch these moments and be like, I was in that moment. Like I was having these uncomfortable conversations. And these people also think it's weird. Like this whole talent or this whole panel of uh, Japanese uh, cast or entertainers think like this is also weird like you're not alone in this so I appreciate that so you like it for the kind of relatability the aspect. relatability and also just like how because nothing happens like the smallest thing that does happen feels enormous for example in opening new doors which you should continue um, <laughs> there's two characters Yui who's kind of she stirs the pot and then there's a boy um, what's Noah who is the son of the wealthy CEO one the one percenter, um, and they, the two of them talk about going on a date, and they're going to go on a date to a cognac jelly factory in the prefecture, in Gunma. They talk about this factory for three episodes of being like, we should go on Saturday. The weather will be good. Yes, we should go. It will be fun. And they talk about this for three episodes, and it's just like, when are they going to get there? Like, we want to see this factory. When the episode aired where they finally went to the factory, like, I literally texted, like, two of my friends being like, you have to watch the newest episode. They go to the Cognac Factory. Like, freaking out. So excited that we finally <laughs> see them go there. And I thought it was a very fun episode. Like, they go there, and they it's Tabe Hodai style. They can eat as much as they want, and... Yeah, those little moments just stick out a lot for me. And Patrick, what's it for you? I'm actually, so my background with Terrace House is maybe a little controversial. So turn your ears away. I actually didn't like the show at first. The first time I saw the original Fuji TV version, because uh, I, I actually found it too glacial. What won me over, two things. Uh, one, I do think the sort of Japanese entertainers who serve as the in-between segment commentators, I mean, they really do kind of elevate it to another level. Even if like, if the personal drama isn't connecting with you, you got these like comedians and also models. <laughs> That's, that is the Japanese entertainment industry. Uh, they, they have really good observations about it. Or you've got the one comedian who kind of revels in making fun of these people. Something I wanted to mention is I kind of think Terrace House's reputation as this really like squeaky clean, no drama mm. show is slightly overinflated just because the commentators are kind of like savage They're at times. super savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, there's an option at Netflix. You can actually, like, while you're watching the episodes, turn on a sort of running commentary from the presenters that sort of goes over the actual footage of them just, you know, the contestants doing their daily life. Oh, so even in the uh, less dramatic, trying to avoid the word boring, even in the less dramatic moments, you can have the commentary the entire time. Yeah. It's an option you can select. And yeah, they just make fun of them for everything. Just like every sentence they say, they're like, that was so stupid. Why would you say that? And like finding that to me is really entertaining when you realize that, I don't know, there's, there also, there's a little bit of making fun of it. And to me, that makes 
the whole like, why is everyone a model in this show a little easier to get on board with? Because it's like, oh, because we can make fun of them too. That's great. And like, and they are also very charming. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, all these people suck. I'm here to laugh at them. It's like, that's why I have Twitter. <laughs> but so yeah, that. And I would also say, I'm curious what you think about mm. this. With the last season, Opening New Doors, I found it, it was my personal favorite mm. season because I found it had the best mix of very likable participants, mm -hmm. but also a lot of outright, like, kind of terrible people. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's some real, real stinkers on that one. <laughs> yeah, there, I feel like in, in, uh... Boys and Girls in the City, like, everyone was trying to be nice or at least came off as nice. And, like, I feel like in Aloha State, the season after that, they introduced a couple people that were like, okay, you're just here to cause some trouble. But here, they definitely introduced people who were like, I'm going to ruin everything, so look out. People think in Opening New Doors, Yui was kind of mean. I liked her. I think she just called people out for being bad. But some 90% of the internet thinks she's, like, you know, the villain of the show. I think she's just honest. I can Patrick's got, Patrick's got a huge opinion waiting in the wings. I have a lot of opinions about Yui. <laughs> I'm going to agree that she's not the villain of the series, but she does a pretty incredible, like, like heel turn midway through. Yeah. Folks who've never seen Terrace House, what are you doing? Go, go watch this right now. So Yui comes in. She's like the local girl um, of this season. She lives in Niigata. She grew up there. And at first, she's sort of your, like, innocent, gosh, darn, everything's so great. Oh, boy, I'm going to be a big adult one day. Um, but then, after a while, it's revealed she's sort of lying to everybody mm -hmm. about her, sort of her attitude. When she first comes on the show, like, she's speaking in, like, Kago, and she's super polite. Mm -hmm. It kind of comes off like she's this innocent bunny, and people don't think much of her. They're like, oh, she's just sweet, or, you know, don't mind her. But halfway through, you realize she's kind of plotting. She's conspiring. It's mean Kago. It's mean Kago. And she's trying to, like, catch people in lies and catch people, like, you know, not telling full truths. She kind of turns around and reveals possibly the true side of her. So, And some people appreciate that, and some people were kind of taken aback by it. The worst that happens on this show is just her being like, I know you're lying, and that's as bad as it gets. Like, there's no table flipping or anything like that. But So, yeah, that's my views on Yui. <laughs> so this is what amazes me about Terrace House, is it just stirs such passion in the people that like it. I can see it in your eyes. There's, like, this fervor, this real fire underlying your love we for Terrace House. We protect Yui. Yes. <laughs> In this house, we respect Yui. <laughs> we stand Yui here. One of the other things that I found really interesting is because it's released in kind of in concurrence with the show being filmed. And it's not like other reality TV shows where the contestants go on and then they're cut off from the world contestants can actually see themselves and watch their episodes during the continued filming of the next episodes. How does that play into it? How does that affect things? So this is another reason I love Terrace House, especially the last season, once again. Um, this is another, to bring it back to Yui, actually, there's a really good scene in the last season 
where Yui watches the show and they film her watching the show. So we're getting really like... I really meta. We're through the looking glass. It's kind of breaking the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall. But, but then it does the break wall. the fourth wall, <laughs> which is great. And so she's watching it and she's watching one of the in-between segments, one of the hosts talking about her and just making fun of her. And it makes her really sad. And then you cut back to the host who just watched it. He's like, I'm so sad that I made you sad. And it's just this sort of domino effect of everyone feeling horrible about themselves. So it's kind of, I do think, because I think with all reality TV shows, especially in America now, like, even if it presents itself as honest, it's not 100% honest because that's not how real life works. Terrace House comes closest, I think, to kind of making that work. But I'm glad they acknowledge the moments that it doesn't do that. Another way that Terrace House actually hides a bit of drama is there's a lot of people who just troll the people's Instagram pages while they're on the show. Once again, Yui, who people really, really did hate the more I think about it. A lot it. of people hated her. Like, she, her Instagram account was just bombarded by, like... It's just hatred during the show, and they would reference it a little bit. And I think she eventually made it private or deleted it, her Instagram account, during the show. Yeah, she couldn't take it anymore. That poor girl. (laughs) Again, we're here for you, Yui. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, it's them acknowledging that there are people watching. There's a lot of Japanese netizens who just, like, hate half of these people Mm. and are, are really just, like, piling on them. And yeah, I think that's when Terrace House that is most interesting is when it actually takes a step back and it's like, well, it's the real world, but the real world of Terrace House. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you got this feedback loop of like exactly. Terrace House events, real life events, real life events happening in Terrace House, which makes them Terrace House events, which then feeds back into real life events once again. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. They claim that it's completely unscripted, but I mean, come on, looking at how it's shot, I just cannot believe. Like you see someone making coffee and there's about eight different (laughs) angles of them slowly grinding beans and pouring. And it looks beautiful. And if it was a food show, I'd go, yeah, that fits right into, you know. It looks like a Terrence Malick film. You're like, "Mm." (laughs) Quentin Tarantino would, I'm sure, watch it and be delighted at at the cinematography. It is amazing. Well, I know... um, I read an interview with Lauren Tsai, who was on the Aloha State season, and she kind of pulled the curtain back a little bit where she said, there is there is no script, like that part's true, but like the producers will tell them, okay, tonight in the kitchen, we're going to film you and so-and-so, and we would like you to talk about this. So don't talk about this until tonight. So they would just kind of, according to her, just kind of like avoid each other the whole day, and then finally sit down at this dinner and just be like, let's talk about going to the beach tomorrow. So in some ways, yeah, they don't tell them what to say, but they have everything set up, like the camera's at the right place. Mm. So when they do pour some coffee or, you know, do whatever, the cameras are ready to catch these moments. It's not, the cameras aren't chasing them down the halls. You know, it's not, nothing shaky cam about this. It's all, everything's steady and they know exactly what's going to happen next. And they have a camera ready at, you know, the doorway or wherever someone's going to go. So, yeah. But it does look nice overall. Yes. Kind of unscripted, but staged. I think this does lead to one of the complaints that you even see really diehard fans of Terrace House make often, which is whenever they go outside of the house, 
And especially when they have any sort of one-on-one conversation with someone who's not in Terrace House, it kind of looks really, not, maybe it's not staged, but there's something very awkward about it. I think this is especially true when they're introducing new members. There's mm-hmm. always this little, like, I don't know, origin story of the person who will be going on Terrace House with their face obscured, talking with their coworkers or their friends. And the idea is this is the moment they reveal they're heading out to the house. But, like, the way their friends always react is like, oh, Terrace House. And you realize, like, oh, they've probably, like, done 12 takes of this Mm. slash have known for a long time. When they do finally make the announcement to their mom or the coworker, whoever, like, I'm going to move into Tara's house tomorrow. Like, <laughs> your your mom would probably need to know, like, beforehand if you were moving out of the house. So usually the, the, the friends or the coworkers, the family are always like, well, I hope you have fun. Like, they're never like, I'm going to miss you. Or like, who's going to take out the trash? They're just like, please have fun. Please be careful. So those moments always feel the most. Do your best. Yeah, like, do your best. So those feel like the most scripted, but... But yeah, but they're also the kind of the most entertaining because, again, with the whole angles, they always shoot it. So, like, you only see the bridge of their nose and their mouth or, like, the back of the head. I love when you hear, like, the the panel try to guess, like, well, this guy was wearing, like, cargoes, so he's probably, like, a skateboarder. Or, like, this girl, her hair was super glossy, so she's a model, which, like, there's a 50% chance that's true. But they always try to guess, like, the entire backstory and, like, personality type of this person just by, like, the blouse they're wearing. You can kind of see, like, during these, you know, announcement parts of the show, so... What I really like just from the, uh, the opening episodes, so I've watched, I think, three opening episodes from different seasons... And people just get dropped off in very different places. So there's always someone who, someone who arrives in a taxi and looks very fresh and prim and they get out of the taxi and someone opens the door for them. And then someone else is made to walk, apparently, miles yeah. down the street. And you're like, what, what happened to this guy? Why, why did he have to walk from Nagano yeah. to, get to, <laughs> to get to Tokyo to, to film this season? Um, but how has, how has the show evolved? Obviously, it was started out just on Fuji Television. Netflix picked it up really quickly and then it's gone through five seasons now and we're going to the sixth on Tuesday. Um, Yeah, how has it evolved from those early days? The very first season is interesting because first of all, there's only one panel member, you. Slowly they bring in more and more people before they have the full panel that we now see in current episodes. Um, So it's interesting to see that evolution. But what I found really interesting is the basic premise like hasn't changed much. Like it's three boys and three girls. Um, Even from the beginning, like they had unconscionably rich and beautiful people on the show. Like the very first cast had a member of AKB 48 on the show. The famous Japanese idol group. Yeah. So it was a girl from a Japanese idol group. So if you think that the current or the most recent seasons seem a little like ridiculous, it's been ridiculous literally since the first episode. But besides that, it's just them. They, you know, go to work, they go to the grocery store. Sometimes they'll go to a restaurant. Sometimes they'll go here and there. But not that much has changed from it, which is interesting. I think not related to the content of the show necessarily, but I do think one of the most significant changes was when it actually did end up going to Netflix. Because I find a lot of people, especially outside of Japan, binge watch the show, which is something that wasn't possible when it was a week-to-week affair on Fuji TV where unless you had, like, a recorder system set up, like, you had to be there to see it or else it's like, oh, I'll go rent the DVDs later. (laughs) So I think when it moved to Netflix, because it's a very easy-to-binge show, Mm. you know, 
there's just enough going on where you stay locked in and then it's over. And you're like, oh, I could I could go for another one of those. I could have another glass of milk. No, it goes down smooth. No worries. So standard ev- evening in your household. <laughs> milk, milk and milk terrace, and terrace house. house the, the classic combo. A lot of people try to describe it as boring, but in a good way in that there's so little drama and then it's almost just like background noise. You just put it on and it happens and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going with this. So potentially some therapeutic value to, oh, the, yeah, to the lack of, lack of affairs. Right. No, no real drama that really pokes through to stress you out. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. They're talking. They're picking, picking some fruit. Yeah, they'll just do the most mundane things. But for me, that's almost the best part. Like just going to the grocery store and them... Picking out onions, I'm like, yes. More footage of this, please. I also do that. I also bought an onion once. (laughs) So what have been your favorite moments so far? So this isn't a favorite moment, but one of the most high drama moments um, is pretty infamous. It's from... Boys and Girls in the City, which takes place in Tokyo. Um, I believe this is with the original like six members of this cast, um, and it's the meat incident. The Do you know it? Inc- I don't know the meat incident. I love telling people who don't know about this what this is. So there's there's the meat incident in the show, and it's referred to as like Nikujiko, like literally like the meat incident, like on the show. And long story short, there's a boy named Uchi who is a hairdresser. And he has a client, I think from Kansai, who like comes all the way to Tokyo to get her haircut by him specifically. And to thank him, she gives him like a big box of like high grade beef. So he feels very moved. And like up until this point, like all of them in the show, like aren't established adults. Like they're trying to make their way into adulthood. So he kind of feels like he's finally made it as a hairdresser. He has a client who really respects and <laughs> who wants him meat, who gives him meat. Like that's a normal thing to give to your hairdresser. <laughs> so the meat goes in the f- freezer as it goes and while he's gone all five cast members are home while Uchi's away and they find this meat and they're like well let's eat it like it's just been sitting here let's eat it and do they know at this point that it's the, it's it his says on it's there's like something that written on the box it's like for Uchi blah 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 so they eat it all of it and they don't save him any pieces and then he comes home and he's just like what and they're like yeah like it was really good he's like I didn't have a single piece and they're like oh well you should have said something. And he's like, what? So what happens is he literally goes into his, I feel for him. He goes into his bedroom, he cries and they have to have like a group meeting being like, you ate my meat. We're talking about this. (laughs) And it's very interesting because like Japanese audiences, including like the panel and the cast members feel like it's his fault. Because he didn't explicitly say, like, don't touch this. This is mine. All international audiences pretty much are like, what were they doing? That's literally, like, sadistic to, like, eat this high-grade meat without him. Like, not save him any piece or anything like that. I feel like that's the it's the main bone of contention in, like, pretty much any relationship ever. Yes. Like, if you steal something from the fridge. Yes. So what's interesting, though, is, like, in later seasons, they bring up the meat incident several times. Because whenever someone fights, they're like, is this the new meat incident? So they bring it up again, and they, like, talk about it, the panel, and they're like, we realize we were wrong after all these years. Like, all of you have been, like, tweeting at us, and we realize we were wrong, and we apologize for blaming the wrong people for the meat incident. So 
it's just a very like famous thing that happens in Tara's house. And it's kind of like the catalyst of like, I'm in the show. I'm in it for good now. I've seen the meat incident. So that's probably one of, not a highlight, but just the most memorable moment for me, for sure. <laughs> Gone in deep there. Yeah. Deep, deep with the meat. <laughs> <laughs> what some could argue is a uh, descendant of the meat incident would be from the last season, the quote unquote sock incident. The sock incident. The sock incident. Um, just to go through it quickly. The sock incident begins when one member of the house buys socks as souvenirs for the other two women in the house at the time. Before this, there's plenty of like drama between them in the sense that they kind of don't know where they stand with one another. To get into it, though, it really isn't about the socks. It ends up leading to a bigger discussion that, to avoid spoilers reveals even more mm, scandalous, at least for Terrace House, happenings that were being sort of kept secret beforehand. And to be honest, it almost throws the entire back end of the season into pure chaos. Yeah. Because they at times just can't even talk to one another. You've given enticingly few details about the actual content of the stuff. Because there's so much that opens up about it. Yeah, like... You got you got secret secret relationships. It leads to all kinds of things. Lies exposed. <sighs> this is some real ugh, better than the Mueller report. <laughs> but what's so interesting though is like there's not there's not that much drama in the season. So it's kind of like you know when human beings like repress their feelings for so long and then they finally explode. It was like that, but like in TV format where like there's no drama and all of a sudden like everything happens all at once. And I remember I was seeing tweets by people being like, this episode is so scary. And I'm like, what is this? Like, and I'm watching, I'm like, okay, they're arguing about socks. Like, this is weird. And then they start talking about like the lies and the secret meetings, like off the cameras. And I'm just, I was, remember I was on the subway and I was like sweating and like wanted to look away because the confrontation was so direct and it was, it's very memorable for not good reasons, but yeah, that was definitely one of the louder points of the show. Uh, would you say you two are pretty normal Terrace House super fans? I'm too hardcore about it. Not as much as other people, but I'm not a typical human being watching this show. I'm really into it. Yeah, I would say, speaking just for myself, yeah, I don't think I'm as, like, super hardcore about it as people you'll see online, whether it's in the Terrace House, Reddit area, or just various message boards, or even just on Twitter. Uh, People get really into it. Uh, Something I found very interesting, the first season that was just on Fuji TV, that one never really got proper English subtitles on Netflix, Mm. meaning that for a huge chunk of people getting into Terrace House outside of Japan and who don't necessarily know the Japanese language, they don't really have a way to understand it. But there is a very devoted group of fans who went and created subtitles for every episode. And this is a season slash sort of epoch of the show that lasted three years yeah it's crazy long yeah so this wasn't like homework you don't just do this overnight this is real commitment this is what you saw from people in the 90s when they were putting subtitles on the sailor moon vhs tapes before that came over 
So some people get really into it, and to the point they're sort of basically putting the community on their back to make sure everybody can understand it, which is really cool to see. It's always great to see fans kind of make it so that even more people can come into the fold like that. Yeah, it's really interesting. What kind of stuff goes on the uh, on the Reddit or the subreddit? I don't go on there too often, but they are definitely smarter and like better at the Terrace House are, game. Are you allowed to reveal your username? Or I will gonna, not say <laughs> it here. going to give away too much? I will not say it here. <laughs> but... They're just so good at uncovering every single thing and they go through like every single Instagram post, every single tweet, and they like unpack everything. And like even now, the new season's coming out um, on the 14th of May and people on the subreddit have already found contestants' Instagram accounts. Like they didn't, the show didn't reveal like their faces, their full well, yeah, faces, their names. Well, yeah, because the trailer so far just shows their knees. Yeah, their they feet. just show like, you know, <laughs> random joints on their body. And these people have already figured out like who they are in their Instagram account and stuff like that. So they're really, in a very admirable way, like hardcore. Um, I mean, these people, if they wanted to, like they could solve like who killed John F. Kennedy within like an afternoon if they all put their heads together. But instead they're like finding Instagram accounts. Like it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. There can't be that many models left in Tokyo that yeah. haven't <laughs> yet been on Terrace House. <laughs> what can we expect from the upcoming season? How do you well, imagine it? They've kind of, they named this uh, Terrace House Tokyo, but it's Terrace House Tokyo 2019-2020. So they're trying to sneak in that 2020 connection to the Olympics. Uh. Um, I know the press release said like, you know, with the in the shadows of the Olympics, can these young people find love? Blah 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 blah. So they're really feeding into that Olympic side of it. Ah, uh, it's gonna be that one of them's gonna be in the torch relay. I really want someone. I, it's gotta yes. be. It's gotta yes. be. Yes. In Japanese culture, there's like the confessionals of like you confess when you like someone. I want someone like during Olympic sport to like confess their love to someone. Like I want them to go to the podium, get on like the first spot, and be like. I love Midori and just have an international audience be like, whoa, this is amazing. So that's my <laughs> goal. Um, but the trailer did get released. And I mean, they're in a house. The house has three floors. Mm. It's very exciting. The most floors we've had, perhaps. And they have a pool. Yeah. And that's in, all we in know. In Tokyo. It's in Tokyo. I really want to know where this house is. Because I found the old house that was in Tokyo before, which is just like a random house in Gotanda. Like, it's just like... And it's not in a glamorous area at all. It's a big house, but it's just like in Gotanda. But this one is seems pretty high up there. So I'm very curious to see where they're filming this. I have a question for Tom. How many Terrace House locations have you gone to because of Terrace House? I've only been to two. <laughs> okay. I've only been to two. So I went to the Gotanda. Okay, stop. So <laughs> the Gotanda one was up for sale. So like on the real estate listing, it literally said was like in English, like this is where Terrace House was filmed. So that's how my friend found it and told me and then we found it together. The second one, I was coincidentally in Kroizal with my friends and finally one of my friends was like, isn't this where Terrace House is located right now? And I was like, yes. And he's like, oh, okay, we should find the house. I'm like, that's a good idea. <laughs> so like... My friends were like, it's, we're never going to find it. And my Japanese friend like literally Googled for like maybe 30 seconds. He's like, I found it. So oh, wow. yeah. So we like found the house and like we pulled while, on. While it was still going on. It was still going on. Wow. The house that they use, it's like off a of main street. There's this dirt path to this single house and that's it. So it's not like I was just in the neighborhood. So we <laughs> were like, we're driving down this dirt pathway and all of a sudden like we see there's all these like black vehicles with like tinted out windows and we're like this feels very like we shouldn't be here so there's no part of your brain going if i go in the house now 
they might think I'm the newest member. I was thinking, like, would they give me curry? Like, would they feed me <laughs> their dinners? Can I just, like, sit there? Would they know? You go so, find the freezer, find whatever meat. I know, I have to, it. I'll make the next meat incident. They'll be like, who ate it? And they'll just never <laughs> know. Lots, lots of shots of your ankles. I know, just shots I, of my ankles, I, like, going through the house. Like, that's the content I want to watch. Well, <laughs> I feel like we've come to somewhat of a natural end. Yeah, I think so. Right, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank uh, you. Tom, Patrick, thank you. You can read both Tom Hannaway and Patrick Summershell at japantimes.co.jp. I know Tom's going to be writing a follow-up article to the new season of Terrace House. Yes, I'll just be talking about the premiere, so keep an eye out for that. And if you want to watch Terrace House uh, after listening to this podcast, which I'm still on the fence. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> if you want to watch it, you can find it on Netflix. Deep Dive was hosted this week by me, Oscar Boyd. If you like this podcast, then please do subscribe, leave us a review and a rating. It really does help. You can find more episodes on all major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher. Join us on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on the episode at Japan Deep Dive. You can follow Tom at at Tom Hannaway and Patrick at at MB Melodies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Is it Saint Michel, Saint Michael, Saint? Well, Saint Michel. You sound Saint Michel. You say it in a very like nice French way that makes uh, yeah. you sound way more sophisticated than I actually am. Somebody who gorges on Terrace House. <laughs>